0: Birth is never a one-size-fits-all, and every birth is its own beautiful. I'll be interviewing mothers and inviting them to share their unique stories of childbirth. Tune in to Beautifully Birthed for your weekly birth story. I'm your host, Brittany, and thanks so much for stopping by. Let's get started. Today's episode I'm speaking with Natalie. She's from Ottawa, Ontario where she lives with her partner Scott. Her first pregnancy unfortunately she lost in October 2017 and then was really lucky to get pregnant with Cove right after. She had a birth center birth with Cove and she also practiced hypnobirthing and she really really recommends it. And then she was surprised when Cove was only 6 months to find out that she was pregnant with Eden. Um and with Eden they be they were planning a home birth Um, her midwife had recommended it just because they thought that it was going to go pretty quickly and it did end up going pretty quickly and the paramedics didn't make it and um, yeah so crazy wild episode and uh, I hope you enjoy thanks so much thank you so much for joining me today Natalie
1: you're welcome I'm excited to be here
0: If you wanted to start, you could tell us a little bit about um, who you've got in your family, where you guys are from, what you guys do, maybe? Sure. Um,
1: So me and my partner, Scott, have been together for four years. Um, He has a son from another relationship who is now 12. His name is Brody. And we all live together in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, and in September of 2018, we welcomed Cove. So, Cove is almost 18 months now. And just this past January 2020, we welcomed our daughter Eden. So, she is six weeks now.
0: Oh, wow. So, she's just super fresh. <laughs>
1: yes, she is. Yes, she is.
0: And um, when you guys were together, were you guys um, trying for Cove, did you? How did you find that journey into getting pregnant?
1: Um, so the journey was um, a little bit rough. Uh, so we were together about two years, and in October 2017, I found out I was pregnant. Um, I was super excited. I um, was trying with my previous relationship and um, was uh, sort of at the point where baby fever was at an all-time high. So we're super excited. Um, Went to our first ultrasound, so around eight weeks, and I could tell right away there was something wrong. Um, I had been to an ultrasound with with my friend. Um, when she was pregnant to support her, and uh, they had listened to the heartbeat and Unfortunately, there was no heartbeat with that baby so oh I'm so sorry yeah that was uh that was very sad i didn't think it would happen to me um I was actually reading. What to Expect When You're Expecting, which is a book that I would never recommend to someone based on this experience. But uh, it does say in that book that it's rare and not to worry about it and all that sort of stuff. But but it's not rare, as I'm sure you know, and as I'm sure a lot of listeners know, um, that unfortunately, uh, miscarriage is not a rare thing. So I was a little bit blindsided. I decided to have the Uh, miscarriage naturally. Um, so about a week after we found out, I think on December 1st, um, everything happened, uh, at home and, um, I was very upset. I felt very empty and we decided to try again right away. I was very, very lucky. Uh, we found out we were pregnant with Cove in January of 2018. Um, very lucky as i said because it brought on a lot of depression for me and i don't know how some of these women out there do it and are strong enough to uh wait longer because uh, again i was i was lucky i didn't even have a period in between and i i struggled so um yeah very lucky and it's still very tough to to speak about unfortunately
0: yeah and it's it definitely is important because i I remember reading it it's about one in four like it, yeah. i I did like I had a miscarriage too and it's just um something that it's kind of like you don't know if you should talk about it or not right like
1: yeah and I wish more people would talk about it um I do think uh, probably the numbers are even higher than that i I was uh, you know whenever i the three times that I missed my period. Um, I've waited seven days after, but a lot of people I know test beforehand, and I almost think that's uh, not a great thing, um, because sometimes you find out you're pregnant and and you lose the baby before you even know it. So, uh, it's very unfortunate, and I've I've talked about it openly a lot, um, and have discovered that a lot of people have been through the same thing, and a lot of people kind of hide it and stop trying because they're so worried or they think there's something wrong with them. And again, it's, it's very like, like you said, I've heard one in four as well
0: yeah that's yeah and did you find it kind of affected um anything when you did get pregnant with COVID? like did you have a hard time believing it was happening or were you super super excited well you'll be excited regardless but sometimes you kind of have that dark cloud weighing over
1: yeah I, I watched a really good YouTube video and kind of my time in between and it was a woman who had had like seven miscarriages in a row or something I can't even imagine and she was pregnant with her eighth and she was in her 37th week and she said the thing that she did differently this time is she allowed herself to be happy and she allowed herself every day to say like today I'm still pregnant so that's that's what I'm going to celebrate and that's what I try to remember uh, with Cove is whenever I, I kind of hit that dark because of course I did and of course I was like oh I don't know if this is going to last maybe I shouldn't be happy I would tell myself that I would say I'm happy today because I'm still pregnant today um and it it really it really helped to kind of focus yourself back into the positive
0: oh I think that's such a good idea yeah I I couldn't imagine seven losses that's wild oh gosh
1: yeah for sure
0: Oh, man. And did you have um, any early symptoms? Did you get all of the nausea and all of of those terrible things? Yeah,
1: so I didn't, I was not nauseous with my first pregnancy. And so with Cove, I was so happy to be nauseous. I couldn't, I couldn't walk around the grocery store. It was just like too much. I couldn't eat meat. I couldn't look at meat. Um, It lasted for me about 16 weeks or so. uh, And then I felt better. But I, I actually was counted it as a blessing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like that too. I was every symptom. And then one day your symptoms kind of clear up a bit and you're like, Oh no. Right. You like worry you're Googling. Yeah. Yeah. I had that too. Definitely. And, um, did you just kind of see your family doctor until you moved on to an OB or a midwife? Uh, well, it's funny. So the first time I got pregnant, um,
1: my family doctor told me, well, you have three choices. You can go to a midwife, a family doctor or an OB. Um, I didn't know anything about midwives. I just thought that I would go to an OB. I came home and I'm very close with my parents. I work with them. Uh, um, we work in a family business and I work at their house every day. And my dad said, you need to get a midwife. My, my dad is from, the, or my parents are from the Netherlands. So they're very uh, familiar. So I did some research and I thought, well, you know what? This actually sounds better for me. Um, both Scott and I are not huge fans of the hospital. So we didn't really want to have the baby at the hospital. And there was an option to not and it, it sounded great. So I um, got a midwife for the first time. Of course, I never went to an appointment. And then the second time, um, it was really tough to find a midwife in the city. I'm not sure if it's like that where you live as well. But um, everybody was already booked. So the first time or the second time that I was pregnant with uh, Cove and I knew exactly which uh, group I wanted to be with, I called them like right, right away and got in. So I saw uh, for Cove, I saw um, a, a midwife like right from the beginning. And I think my first uh, appointment was at like six weeks or something.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So then you have a long time to build that uh, relationship too, which is so important. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And so you had, um, like spoke to them that you were planning a home birth with Cove. And did you do? Did they have you um, do any like um, classes? Did you do any classes with you and Scott?
1: Well, I I actually didn't plan a home birth with uh with Cove. My second birth was a home birth, but my first birth was in. Um, the birthing center, the Ottawa Birth Center, which is amazing here in Ottawa. So um, I already knew I wanted to do that for my research for my first pregnancy. And I also already knew that I wanted to do hypnobirthing. So I actually um, did a class with a local doula here. Um, It was not a, it was, it was a class, but it was just us. So it was just Scott and I who would go to the doula's home once a week um, for five weeks and we did a hypnobirthing
0: class. Oh, wow. And did, did you, um, end up hiring a doula or did, what, did she just do the um, hypnobirthing classes with you guys?
1: We did end up hiring a doula. We unfortunately could not hire her because she was already busy. Um, but we hired another doula that, um, that she had recommended um when we talk a little bit more about my birth story with cove I'll talk a little bit about that because it ended up um throwing us for a little curveball as I'm sure most birth stories have curveballs <laughs> um so oh yes <laughs> yes but we did we did have a doula there just not the one who who taught us the hypnobirthing one one that was recommended by her
0: Oh, that's awesome. So you guys had discussed that the plan was to have a birth center birth then. Mm-hmm. And what do they kind of have at the birth center? Are you hoping for a water birth? Or do you kind of have to give birth on the bed? Is there rules on that? No,
1: they're fantastic there. Um, if anyone's in Ottawa or in the Ottawa area, uh, they should definitely consider um, birthing at the birth center because it's amazing. It's, it's a huge room, kind of like a hotel Um, it has a fireplace, a sofa, a huge tub, um, like 10 person tub, I'd say, um, a bed and a, um, huge washroom for you as well. Um, they give food for free to the birthing mother. And I think for, for the father, it's like $5, $10 or something for the food. So it's, it's really great. And I really wanted to have a water birth. So I spent most of my time in the tub when
0: it was at the at the birth center. Oh wow. And that was an option. That's so lovely. Yeah. I know some well, birth center is a little different than a hospital, but I know some hospitals until you can start pushing you kind of have to get out which I I couldn't imagine like being just about ready to have a baby and they make you get
1: out of the tub yeah well yes um and it's the same at at hospitals here unfortunately like some of them have very nice tubs but you're not allowed to give birth in them which is one of the reasons that I was swayed towards the birth center
0: right and did you know the gender of cove or did you guys leave it for a surprise
1: did know with cove yes
0: Oh, that's so exciting. (laughs) That's so exciting. And then, so, um, in pregnancy, you were feeling pretty good. Those last few weeks leading up to labor, did you have any early signs? Um,
1: No. So, I I was feeling pretty good. I had a really boring, um, uneventful pregnancy, which is amazing. Um, Everything went according to plan. And then, I actually gave birth Early, so it was my first baby. So the midwives and everybody had told me, um, you know, expect to be pregnant till 42 weeks. Um, I also was surprised when they did the first dating ultrasound because I was tracking, I had an app um, and I was tracking through my basal um temperature, uh, when I would have gotten pregnant. So I thought for sure, like, oh, I know exactly when I got pregnant, and then they told me it was a week um, earlier than I thought, and so. I was first of all convinced that I was going to have the baby at 42 weeks. And I was convinced that it was going to be a week later at <laughs> 43 weeks based on my yeah. data. Um, so, but I ended up having Cove at 38 weeks on the dot. So um, early. Oh, wow. Uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't early. That's a normal time. But to me, it was early. Um, and,
0: Yes, yeah. when you're counting to forty three, you're yes,
1: scared, uh, <laughs> like you know, and everybody around me, like my mother and um, and even Scott, were like, "Oh no, it's not happening yet." Like while I was in labor, and so I was I was doubting myself a little bit.
0: Oh wow! And kind of how did um how did that go going into labor? So um
1: I so I actually gave birth to him on a Monday. On the Saturday before, we had booked a maternity shoot. Um, and I have been a horseback rider all my life. I actually still teach horseback riding lessons and I have a horse. So I wanted to do my maternity shoot with my horse. Um, so we drove out to the farm and I, like, I knew something was going on. It was just not comfortable. And, and, uh, We stopped off at Walmart because I just had this feeling because, again, I thought I was going to go to 43 weeks. I didn't have a car seat yet. So I just had this feeling. I was like, we need a car seat. So we went to Toys R Us. We went to Walmart that day. um, And I was in the car seat aisle at Walmart on my hands and knees because I couldn't get up. And, yeah, and, you know, and even then it was like, you know, I was like, I think I'm in labor. And Scott was like, no, I know you're not. So we go to do the photo shoot. Um, the, my horse was unfortunately very impatient because the photographer got lost and all this stuff. And I was in, like, not a, a tremendous amount of pain, but I was uncomfortable. You know, when you're, when you're in um, early labor and you're not sure what's going on, it was a little uncomfortable. Um, so I was uncomfortable the whole day. And then, um, I slept through the night. I think I had some contractions. We were timing them. They were like 12, 14 minutes apart. So, you know, too far apart to do anything. And, uh, then on the Sunday I woke up and I, I just felt like something was happening. I called, um, I messaged my doula. And when I had hired my doula, she had told me that she was going to be away um, until the 24th of September. And I thought, well, that's not a big deal. because i will only be 38 weeks. Well, she was away. So I messaged her. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I think I'm in labor. And she said, okay, well, when do you think you're gonna have the baby? I'm going to be back on Monday, all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. I think probably Monday or Tuesday, maybe, you know, just, just guessing. And she said, okay, well, just in case colleagues in Ottawa and you can, and you can call her and, uh, and talk to her about stuff because she was away in the States. So I called her a couple times throughout the day and just, and just said, you know, I, I think this might be active labor. I'm not sure. And she would talk it through with me. My mother came over and she said, oh, this is just practice labor. Don't worry about it but I couldn't sit down. So that was, or lie down. That was the, that was the biggest thing for me. Like there's so many women who birth on their backs in hospitals. And, um, that's kind of what you see on TV. And I, I couldn't even lie down or sit down. So I thought, how do people do this? I just, I just felt like there was such tremendous pressure. I was on the toilet a lot, Um, I was just walking around a lot. Uh, Scott kept telling me, you know, sit down, sit down, sit down, because, again, that's what you see. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, I can't. I have to walk around. So around um, four o'clock on Sunday, I end up calling the doula because I just felt like this is uh, it doesn't seem right. So I called her and she listened to me have a contraction and she decided that she would come. Um, oh she also asked me to go um, in the shower this is kind of the moment that I knew that I was really in labor she asked me to go in the shower and she said if you're if you're not if you're kind of in early labor not active labor it will help to be in the shower if you're more in active labor it will hurt to be in the shower and have the and have the um, water touch you so I sat on a stool um, in the shower and the water hit me and it it like intensified it, so it's was like, "Oh, this this must be labor now." Um, so she came around six o'clock, and she was in agreement that it was probably an active labor. I uh, labored here at home, um, basically on my hands and knees the whole time until uh, ten o'clock. Called the midwife, and uh, the midwife uh, listened to me have a contraction and said, "Yes, I think we should wait." we should go to the birthing center together at this point. Um, So we went on our way there and on our way there. So my water hadn't broke yet. Um, On our way there, my water broke a little bit as I was getting out of the car. um, My water broke like it was like a splash and um, it happened three or four more times as I was walking into the birth center. And that's, that's again, one of the things that surprised me that your water can break more than once. That was something I had oh, yeah. no clue about. <laughs> um, and I think is is important for people to know is that it, it happens more than once. So I'm walking in. Um, my midwife does an inspection to check what's going on. And my water breaks again. And she tells me I'm already seven centimeters. So uh, we decided to stay at the birthing center. Obviously, I got in the tub and I was bound and determined to have the baby in the tub um the thing that really helped me while I was in the tub when I started getting more anxious and more worried was I, I put on my rainbow relaxation so I had been listening to rainbow relaxation every single night like clockwork um probably since like 16 weeks or so so I was very used to it um, so we put it on repeat and it really helped me Uh, The other thing that really helped me uh, was the breathing and my doula would tell me every time that I was, that I started to make noise, um, it would come out high pitched and she told me to kind of try to um, enunciate lower um, and which I did and it made a huge difference. I was determined to not use an epidural not use any sort of medication that was very important to me and during my hypnobirthing course one of the things that the doula told me is she said there is always one point in your birthing process where you think you might not be able to do it and you might think that you want an epidural it's always going to be there it doesn't mean you're weak it just happens mine was during transition. So it was when I was about nine and a half centimeters and it felt like it was going to go on forever. Um, but the thing that I was very thankful about was the fact that I was at the birth center. Um, and not that it wasn't an option, it was an option. If at any any point there was an issue or an emergency or, or whatever the case I could get into the ambulance and be at the hospital in five minutes. And I could have said, I want an epidural and I could have gone to the hospital. Maybe not at that point, maybe not at nine and a half centimeters. They probably would have told me it was, it was too late. Um, <laughs> but it, it was always an option in my mind. So I was thinking about it in my mind and I thought, do I really want to get out of this tub, get into an ambulance and, and just for an epidural? And the answer was no. So I stayed in the tub which I did find made a huge difference. So as soon as we got to the birth center and I got in the tub, I I found that it was a huge difference in terms of my um, intensity of, of the level of contractions. Um, so that helped. And I really just pushed through it in the tub with my doula there. And I asked her to start saying to me during every contraction this too shall pass, this too shall pass. So I w- could remember to myself, it's a moment in time where I feel this intenseness and it will go away. Um, so that, that helped me a lot too. When I got to pushing, I found uh, that basically all the intensities subsided. Like it, it was almost gone. The water really helped, um, my, uh, my levels during that time. um, so I was in the water. Uh, it was probably about, I would say 1.30 in the morning at this point, maybe two o'clock in the morning. Um, and I started pushing. And one of the things um, that I found surprising about um, when you feel you want to push um, is I found it hard to get the hang of either breathing my baby down or actively pushing. I found it really hard to get the hang of that. Um, it helped that my midwife was constantly checking for me and looking whether or not um, it it had helped. And she was telling me, you know, the, the head is now further down. I can see the head. Um, that really helped me. But uh, we weren't getting very far. And I think around probably around 2.45 in the morning, she said to me, Natalie, because she knew it was my my wish to have a home birth or a water birth. She said, Natalie, I, I know you want a water birth really badly, but I do think that the second that you get out of this water and you walk to the bed, you will have this baby. And that was a daunting thing to think when I was that close. Um, but I, I said to myself, you know what? I'm gonna trust her. She has always had my best interest at heart. She always seems to know, and she seems to be very intuitive about this stuff. So I'm gonna get out of this tub and um, get onto the bed. I got out of the tub at two fifty. I got on the bed on my hands and knees, and I had Cove at two fifty two in the morning. Once I was out of the water, I could, I could really, wow. yeah, I could feel it, and I pushed him right out.
0: And did you find you had that um like fetal ejection reflex where it's like you can't even stop it it just you're just it's just pushing like crazy
1: Yeah yeah I I didn't even realize what I was doing I don't think like I just was on the bed and all of a sudden he was he was out like it popped right <laughs> yeah, out Yeah <laughs> yeah which was harder to do in the water which um, I do like looking back at it now, I do also think I, I had some thoughts being in the water where I was like, Who's gonna catch him? Like I was constantly asking them, like, who's gonna catch him? How are we gonna do this? Um, it was an irrational feel, fear of him drowning in the water. Um, even though, you know, we know they're born from water to water and it's it's easier for them. Um, but it was just an irrational fear of mine. So I think it was a little bit mental that I was holding back. Um but I got out of the tub and again, he he came right out, which was amazing.
0: Wow. And did, did you get to grab him or did the midwife grab him and bring him up to you? Um,
1: so I think like it's, I, I, I always ask Scott, like, what happened? Did she grab him? Like what happened? Because my memory (laughs) is I was on my hands, and knees, and then all of a sudden he was like kind of in between my, my front arms. Um, so I, I guess that she probably grabbed him and put him up there. Um, and then I lay down and put him on my chest right away. Um, but it's, it's hard to even remember what happened during that part.
0: Oh yeah. It's like a blur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and did you guys have any plans for the cord or the placenta? Did you um, do like the delayed cord clamping yes, at all? We did.
1: Um, and then I did have low iron. So I had um, a shot for the placenta to try to get the placenta out quicker, um, and that was all very seamless.
0: That's awesome, and you didn't need any stitches or anything to do. No,
1: I didn't. No, I had no tears. It was very. That's long. awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. And did you guys wait a little bit um, to feed? Did you try the breast crawl, or did you did you just kind of pop him right on?
1: Uh, no, so I let him. I let him sit on my chest, and then we let him kind of feel his way down.
0: Oh, that's so awesome! <laughs> it's cool. You sometimes I've seen a few videos where they'll actually like crawl up. They could do that. I thought for sure I wanted to do it with my second, but sometimes in the moment you're like, not you don't really think and you just kind of do what whatever comes natural, right? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> well, I, I you know I I'm a I'm like a type A personality. I prepared like crazy to have Cove, and one of the things I never prepared for was breastfeeding, and. I would urge people, if people who are pregnant are listening to this, I I would urge you to uh, get prepared for breastfeeding. Um, You know, there are prenatal classes for that. And that was something that I wish I would have done.
0: Yeah, definitely. How did you find um, breastfeeding with with Cove?
1: Um, Well, it was tough at first. um, And then it actually ended up that he had a lip tie and a tongue tie. Um, So... That probably made it tougher um it was kind of a a thing where um the lactation consultants were saying yes he has a lip tie and a tongue tie and then the doctors were saying oh but it's not bad enough for us to do anything about it so I was kind of on the fence um he lost too much weight at first and then he wasn't gaining but um I ended up not doing anything about the lip tie and tongue tie and he ended up um, gaining weight and being okay and that sort of thing
0: yeah I've heard it can stretch out too over time if you kind of give it the chance to and it
1: for sure did I actually remember when I was breastfeeding him one time and all of a sudden there was like a release and I was like oh I think it it just relaxed on its own and then it was much easier after that
0: Oh, that's great. And how did you find postpartum? It's so hard. I I feel like you read a lot of books on having a baby, but not the after (laughs) having a baby. It's so hard. Well, I
1: was lucky I had a lot of support. Um, yeah, my mother-in-law came and she stayed for two weeks. Um, my parents, like I said, they, I work with them and, um, they are extremely supportive. They were very excited about Cove being born. So they were here a lot too. Um, and it could have been very tough because we, because he wasn't gaining weight, I had to uh, wake him up every three hours. I had to breastfeed him and then pump and then have someone else feed him the bottle. So uh, it was very tough. That was, pro- that probably went on for about four weeks or so. But uh, again, I was lucky to have so much support, you know, people who are around who would say, um, you know, go to sleep when Cove was sleeping who would help me with dinners and stuff like that. And then I have a bunch of super supportive friends who would just come over and hang out and clean for me and, and uh, bring me freezer meals and that sort of thing, which was so helpful.
0: Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Yeah. That's such a big help when you've got, when you've got a good, uh, good oh, yeah, team. For
1: sure. I do it for all my friends now. I wish I, I keep wishing that I would have known for some of my friends who had babies before, um, before I had mine, but it's it's something that that really truly helps, and you really have to just say yes to everybody who says that they're they're they want to do something for you. Just say yes because they want to, and it's very helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And did you um did you guys um when did you guys think that maybe you guys were ready for for another little baby? Well,
1: um, I always knew I wanted to. Um, but we unfortunately never had the conversation. Um, I was at a play group with Cove and um, part of the play group at the beginning was always health for mothers and, and they were talking about uh, birth control. I got my period back uh, when Cove was like five months, I think. So I had to have one period and usually my periods were like clockwork and I was sitting there listening to the presentation about birth control and thinking oh I haven't had my period now for quite a while so that was my first indication and it was a little bit scary because I think um cove was around six months at that time um so I I. I didn't do the responsible thing I, I avoided the subject for a little bit even though I knew I wasn't <laughs> having my period <laughs> I waited like two or three weeks and then I told one of my friends um, who has uh, three kids and she said Natalie you got to go test so I, I got a test um, about a week later and tested and was a little floored that I was pregnant again
0: Wow. And COVID was six yes, months.
1: I think seven months by the time I tested. But yes. Yeah, so, so that was, that was oh. a little scary because, uh, you know, seven months, you're still in the thick of it. And uh, being a first time mother, I, I found the hardest thing about being a first time mother is uh, when he wasn't sleeping and, you know, and it was tough breastfeeding and that sort of thing. You kind of feel like you're going to be stuck in that moment forever. Like, oh, my goodness, this is going to go on forever. I'm never going to get sleep when really it's a moment in time and really you look back at it and it's like a flash of time. Um. so, you know, being pregnant again so early was really scary because I was still kind of in that stage like oh god I can't handle it with one how am I going to handle
0: it with two yeah and it's crazy because you yes. do right like you 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 think how am I going to get through it and then I remember thinking like gosh I don't know what people are talking about they grow so fast I'm gonna have a baby forever yeah, yeah. I just know it but you, no, don't, you don't right you
1: don't and- <laughs> No, yeah, really and don't. that's that's what help, what's really helpful to know the second time around, I think. And you know, I think I think you can say that to first time mothers all you want, but you, you won't you won't really know it until you experience it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And did you have any um signs that you were pregnant or was it pretty easy like um,
1: so I didn't, I hadn't had any signs when I, when I sort of started to realize it at that playgroup. I hadn't had any signs yet. I would have been very early. Um, but then yes, I did start to feel really tired, um, nauseous, but in a different way. Um, I was more mildly nauseous with my second pregnancy, but it lasted like the whole time, uh, you know, like I had aversions to certain foods the whole time. Whereas with, with Cove, it was, very, very, um, it was huge right from the beginning and then it tapered off with my second pregnancy. It was mild, but it it ended up taking the whole time.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. And how did you find, um, being, being pregnant and having a a seven month old and, and a little older to chase around and uh, well, take care of
1: tough but I am again very very lucky um, I I have a very supportive uh, Scott is a fantastic dad and he's very supportive and very hands-on which is great and then I have my parents who are amazing um so I, again I work at their house every single day we all still work um they are uh, my mom is 71 and my dad is 69 and they still work um we kind of all take turns taking care of the kids and then working. So we talk in the morning and we say, who needs to do what today? And that's how we figure out who's taking care of the kids when and that sort of thing. So I was very, very lucky that, that I had that. It was tough. Um, you know, it, it was he was starting to walk around, starting to run around, all that kind of stuff while I was heavily pregnant, which was tough. Um, but we got through it at the end of it, of course.
0: Yeah, and did you go with the same um, care team you had the first time? Did you follow with the same doula I did, and same yeah, midwife? It was
1: really awesome because I I absolutely love my midwife and my doula. So yes, I I had them again. And um, one thing that we did a little bit differently this time is um, I didn't want to know the gender on Cove. Uh, Scott really wanted to know, so we decided to do that. Um, but this time, I convinced him that we weren't going to find out the gender. Um, which was which made the whole thing a lot more exciting um, in terms of thinking about well is this a boy or a girl I was I was certain it was a boy um, but <laughs> apparently I'm very bad <laughs> at that because I was certain that Cove was a girl so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. just saying yeah, <laughs> and um, what kind of get got you on the conversation of um doing a home birth versus at um, the birth center? We were
1: planning the birth center most of the time, but at one point, my midwife said to me, "Well, you know what? You actually had a very short active labor, um, and I'm a little worried about you having to go to the birth center. I think you might not make it. And an unplanned home birth is not fun, but a planned home birth is excellent." So you might want to think about doing that. Um, so, when we had our prenatal discussion with our doula, we talked about it and uh, decided that that probably made the most sense.
0: Oh yeah, and and um, what did they have any prep for you to do that, or did you do any reading on it, or? D- see with second you kind of get an idea so it's just not as scary as the. there's not so much unknown we
1: but we did have a lot of prep I'd say that's one thing about home birth that um, you have to think about is is there is a lot of prep there's you know even things like the midwife and the doula will need to eat if they're going to be at your house for an extended period of time so having that stuff available in the fridge and you don't know when you're going to have the baby so kind of making sure that you're always well stocked And I wanted a tub because, again, I wanted to have the baby. Um, I wanted a water birth. So we had to get the tub. We had to figure out what we were doing in the living room in terms of, um, you know, how we were setting up and all that kind of stuff. So um, there was a lot more prep. And my midwife and my doula definitely helped with that. I, I I didn't look at through to any outside sources. They were really good at helping us figure out what we needed to do.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And those last weeks of labor, did you show, um, any early signs? Did you think you were going to go early? Cause you had yes, COVID did, at 38.
1: Maybe the toughest part. So the first time I thought I was going to go till 42 weeks. And this time I thought, well, I'm going to have the baby at 38 weeks or, or earlier. So I prepped everything to be ready for 38 weeks. And then the baby wasn't coming. So then, then I, Instead of the first time where I was like, oh, no, he's coming now, um, this time I was just waiting and worrying and wondering the whole time what was going on. And um, the weekend before we had her, the Friday before, I was having labor pains. And so um, I thought that everything was going to happen. So, you know, I got home that day. We ended up sending Cove to my parents' house just in case we had the baby And we set everything up. As soon as we set everything up, my uh, midwife had told me to take a Tylenol and a gravel during active labor and just try to sleep as much as I could. So I did. And as soon as I did that, everything went away. So uh, this...
0: Oh, that's got to be so frustrating. (laughs)
1: Saturday, um, I had, you know, mild pains again. Um, My stomach was just very hard, very contracted the whole day, but nothing happened. And so then I was doubting myself again. Um, I think that's kind of a common theme is you, you don't seem to know when you're going to go in labor. And for someone like me, who's a planner, and I, I, I didn't want to get in anyone's way, I was like, oh, no, I, I don't seem to know when I'm going to be in labor. Um, You know, we I also had people saying like, oh, maybe it was Braxton Hicks and you didn't know and just silly things like that which which kind of made me angry to be honest with you because i was like well i've had a baby before so i know what it feels like right um so when i went to the midwife on the monday and and kind of talked through everything she said i'm certain that probably right now you are you are two to three centimeters dilated um you know you you know um, you understand your body was obviously doing something And, um, she offered me a stretch and sweep. Uh, I declined. I was actually very, very sick. Um, so I I said, you know what, I'd rather have some time to get better. Um, because those last few days of pregnancy were really tough because I was really, really sick. I felt very, very heavy, very, very done with the whole thing. Um, so I, I declined just based on the fact that I wanted to get better before I had the baby. Um, and then I ended up, um, on Wednesday morning. So it was January 29th and she was due on February 2nd. Uh, I woke up at 6am with just mild cramping and I, you know, I, I slept till like seven. We usually get up at seven and I told Scott, I, I, I think something might be happening. And again, because we had some false alarms, he was kind of like, Oh, okay, whatever. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't overly concerned. Um, he said, should I go to work? And I said, yeah, go to work. Um, and he works only five minutes away from, from our house. So not bad. Um, my, I called my doula and she said, can I go to my, my yoga class? I said, yeah, for sure. Go to your yoga class. Totally fine. She said, I'll be out at 1115 and I'll text you. I said, yeah, that's fine. I did. Thankfully. Um, one, one of the things that, that, I thought sounded really tough. I know some people want to have births with their children there. um, And maybe I would have, if, if Cove had been um, older, he was uh, obviously 16 months at the time. So he's very young and very active. Um, I did, I really had a lot of anxiety about, Oh no, what if I'm in labor in the middle of the night, he wakes up or something, or he's here and I have to run around after him and, I'm, I'm going to be concentrated on him while I'm in labor. That, that gave me a lot of anxiety. So thankfully, I had the wherewithal to say to my parents, well, could you guys take Cove? Um, you just even so I can sleep for a little bit. That would be great. Um, so they took him. And I tried to go back to bed. I made myself some avocado toast. I thought, well, if I'm really in labor, I should eat now. So I made myself some avocado toast, went back to bed till about 9 a.m., And then I realized that, yes, I'm probably in labor. (laughs) And so I was by myself here and I was, you know, having contractions, having contractions. They were pretty far apart. So I didn't call anyone. I finally called Scott around 1030 and said, you need to come home. Um, He came home around 11 and he started filling the tub and just helping me time my contractions. So he was running around here trying to fill the tub, all that kind of stuff. Um, my doula called after her yoga class and said, should I come? And I said, yeah, I think you should come. Um, she, so my contractions were still all over the place. They were still like, you know, three minutes apart and then 12 minutes apart and then two minutes apart, like really not consistent. So we didn't call the midwife. Um, when my, uh, doula heard me, she said, I think you should call the midwife, but because we were doing home birth and because I kind of decided to let everybody go to work and go to the yoga classes and that sort of thing and not kind of listen to my gut. um, Scott was running around like a madman trying to get the, trying to get the tub filled. And every time that I would think, okay, I should probably call my midwife. Now I would have another contraction. And the thought would, would leave my mind. Um, So my, doula ended up coming around probably around twelve fifteen twelve fifteen 1215 or 1230 ish or something something like that. The tub was full but it wasn't warm enough. Um but I was desperate to get in it. So um she came and right away she said you need to call the midwife. So we called the midwife together. Um And my midwife, unfortunately, the one who was on duty lives about 40 minutes away from my house. Uh, So we called her and the second we called her, um, I had the urge to push. So I was, I was sitting in the, the washroom and I had the urge to push and she could hear it. And she said, I'm not going to make it. You need to call the paramedics just to have somebody there. Uh, So we called the paramedics. I got in the tub, the midwife stayed on the phone with us, and, I, and once I got in the tub, I had the urge to push again, um, and the midwife was telling the doula uh, she really shouldn't be in the tub because the paramedics don't know how to handle that, um, and the doula was also concerned about the temperature in the tub. I could feel uh, that if I allowed my, like if I actually made a movement to push versus just breathing uh, the baby down, um, I was going to have the baby in that contraction in the tub. So we got out. Um, I pushed twice more and she was here. Uh, the paramedics didn't even make it. The doula caught my baby, which I'm so thankful she was there because it, it probably would have been a little much for Scott to be here by himself and, and have that happen. Um, so she caught the baby for me. Um, I lay down in the bed, the paramedics came in, uh, double checked everything and the paramedics were amazing. Um, they were very calm and, uh, that sort of thing. Um, they did keep asking me about whether or not they should cut the cord. Um, and again, I wanted delayed um, cord clamping as well, um, just like last time with Cove. So I said no. They're very respectful of my wishes um, because everything was fine. They were double-checking everything. They were double-checking me, double-checking the baby. Everything was totally fine. So I said, let's wait until the midwife gets there. Uh, she was born at 108. The midwife came... Probably around one twenty the first one, and then the second one at one thirty um, so we waited for the placenta until that point, and we waited for the cord clamping until that point um, i I do have to say that I felt the placenta a lot more the second time than I did the first time, probably because of the shot I had the first time and the second time there was there was obviously no time. Um, so I did feel it a little bit more. The cramps were more intense with the second baby, um, which I wasn't aware of until pregnancy. The midwives and the doula started telling me that that would be the case. Uh, so, um, that was definitely more intense and the whole situation was intense because my, my midwife wasn't there. The only the doula was there, that sort of thing. So the funny thing was I we were lying there with the baby and the paramedics kept asking us, well, is it a girl or a boy? And we said, well, we don't know. We don't know. But we didn't think to look because we were just so overwhelmed by the whole thing. It, it happened so quickly. <laughs> so when I finally looked and realized she was a girl and I thought the whole time she was a boy, that was, that was just another uh, big surprise. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is so awesome. And I, it's crazy with the paramedics. Did they have to send two for you? Um, cause I know sometimes they send two cause they've got to have one for mom and one for baby. And then I you've got a house full of all these people.
1: From, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it, oh, wow. it was a little crazy, but um, you know, I think, I think that moment was a little bit more intense for Scott than for me, for me, um, my body kind of took over. Um, and I, I didn't, you know, like I, I wasn't even thinking, oh my God, the midwife's not here. And oh my God, this person's not here and all that kind of stuff. I, I was really just thinking about the fact, um, that uh, the baby was coming. Um, I had read actually the morning of the morning that I, I started going into to labor. I had read a really, um, Beautiful kind of saying um, that I'd like to read to you because it really helps you helped me. So what it was is it says they told you about the contractions, but did they tell you about the expansion? Did they tell you how your whole body would open up to make way for the whole universe to pass through? Did they tell you how your heart would explode with a love bigger than anything you've ever felt as you pulled your baby to your chest? They told you about the ring of fire, but did they tell you about the crown of stars? Did they mention there's a moment when your baby enters the world and you leave your body and touch the heavens and become the light of a million galaxies? Did they tell you how the pain of stretching to receive your child would be more exquisite than any sensation you you've felt? They told you they would scream, but they tell, did they tell you about how you would roar? Did they tell you about the power that would rise from your belly? as you called your baby forth with your mighty voice? Did they tell you that you would embody the wild woman within you as breath uh, and breathe fire with your song? They told you you would bleed, but did they tell you how that sacred blood wouldn't scare you, how you'd feel grateful for that magical liquid of life as it trickled down your leg, and how you would honor its flow, and how it would help you heal from a lifetime of hating your body's bleeding cycle? They told you these stories and taught you to fear birth, to fear your power, to fear yourself. But you are stronger and wiser than that, Mama. You know now that life is divine. And, and that birth is your divine dance, your soul song, your moment with God. and you, And you walk fearlessly into her with your open arms. So that's uh that was written from by Katie at Spirit Y Soul. And I, I found that the day that I was in labor and it it still makes me tear up because that's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I felt with Cove and I was so excited to to do it again. I was I was truly excited for my second labor. I was not scared in in any way. Um I remember Cove's birth as the most beautiful experience of my life and I think that that really helped me, that saying helped me, um, and remembering how great my first birth helped me kind of deal with the, with the curveballs that were thrown at us for Eden's birth. Um, and that was all I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about the fact that the midwife wasn't there. I wasn't thinking about the fact that, that paramedics were coming. I was, I was thinking and I could feel all those things in my body.
0: Oh, I love that. That I was getting teary eyed. Listen, beautiful. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it was beautiful. And it, and really, like, that is what it is. Like, for me personally, I felt the same for my second. I was so excited to do it all again because it really, for each woman, of course, their experience is different. But I know for me personally, I can relate because it, you, you, you're, making a whole new life. And it really is the strongest you'll ever be, right? It's just incredible for
1: women who fear birth and um, who have been taught to fear birth their whole lives. And it makes me so thankful for that moment when my my dad said, you should get a midwife, because I I know things could have been differently. I, I know, I know sometimes, and of course, medical interventions sometimes happen, and they're needed and all that kind of stuff. But I think there's so much fear surrounding birth, when it's really the most magical experience.
0: yeah I agree oh gosh those were both lovely stories and did you do anything um with Eden's placenta or did you um did you guys just uh like with not needing the shot it just came away pretty easy Uh, you didn't have too much bleeding or anything again
1: I didn't tear which was amazing um so uh, but the thing that I didn't know about home births and you know I'm not sure if you if you had a home birth and if you knew this ahead of time but I didn't know that the midwife doesn't um, get rid of the placenta for you. So the placenta is actually still in my freezer. So I I do have to, I do have to yeah. warn of that when, they, when they come over and they might be a little bit squeamish if they go in the freezer. I'm like, well, oh, you can go in the freezer, but just so you know, my placenta's in there. It's, it's well covered. You can't see it per se, <laughs> but um, I am thinking at this point, since we haven't, uh, we could bring it to the birth center um, to, um to ask them to help us get rid of it but at this point I'm kind of attached to it to be honest and one of the one of the things that it says is um you could plant a tree and and put your placenta underneath the tree
0: which yeah yeah I was just gonna ask you that too
1: uh, I'm I'm gonna do at this point because I look at it in the freezer and I think it's kind of weird but at the same time I don't want to bring it anywhere it makes me sad (laughs) so
0: Yeah, yeah, because it was your baby's first home, right? I I, I think,
1: you know, I've always been a squeamish person. I've always been scared of hospitals and that sort of thing. But I look at this organ that helped me bring my baby into this world. And I'm like, I can't just bring it somewhere to get rid of it. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I would feel, that. yeah, they, um, they did actually take mine, but uh, I did think about keeping it and um, planting a tree, but then I thought, oh gosh, I would never be able to, like, if we moved, I'd have to take the tree with me.
1: I'm like, I can't move because I always look, you know, if times get hard, I look at that spot where I gave birth to her and I think, I can't leave this place. (laughs) That always grounds me.
0: Yeah. And how have you found motherhood so far with two um, being so close been, together, especially uh, we
1: are very lucky. Scott's work was amazing and actually for 2020. So right before she was born, they decided to give three weeks uh, paid mater- paternity leave to everybody. Um, So he took that as well as a week, which was so helpful. Um, Cove is very attached to him. So that really helped with the transition. So he didn't feel so much like, Oh, mommy's all of a sudden gone. And, and there's nobody here for me. He had he had daddy there, which was great. Um, and so far it's been great. Um, after that I started I I started working again. So I started working a couple of weeks ago, um, and started going to my parents' house and um the fact that he is a good napper and and stays asleep for three hours in the afternoon has really helped because that's been my work time and I just put Eden in the wrap and um, and I work away while she's sleeping on me. She's, she's very easy and chilled out in comparison to Cove. Um, he cried a lot. She hardly ever cries. Uh, and, but, you know, I think about that now and I think it's, it's probably partially because I'm more relaxed, um, and I know what to do. So if, if there's ever an issue, I just feed her and, and it, it, it helps. Right. So, um, I feel like the transition has been easier than I thought it would be still hard at points. If I'm alone with the, with the two of them right now, it's really, really difficult because he's at the stage where he's wanting to, um, wanting to climb on everything and that sort of thing. And I'm at the stage with her where she's stuck to my breast most of the day. So then I, I yeah, so then I can't.
0: Mm-hmm, can't yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that's hard because I'm, I'm used to just being able to, to take care of him and make sure that he stays out of trouble. So we try to limit the time when I have the two of them just, just together. Uh, we've been doing it in shorter spurts, um, but overall it's been a lot easier than I thought it would be.
0: Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much, Natalie, for sharing that. <laughs> I know you just got to get your little guy up. So, but what great stories. That's awesome. And I'm so glad that yeah, you found sure. the hypnobirthing really did help. And um, the birth affirmations can really be a big thing too, like reminding yourself of these things. And it's kind of like they manifest and, you know, you do start to believe yeah, them sure. and for it sure. can really be well, helpful. Thanks for
1: having me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have shared and I hope it helps people to know that, um, that birthing can be very beautiful and not painful and not scary. And uh, you should really try to go into your pregnancy thinking that that's the way your birth is going to be because it, it will help.